Greetings and welcome to another edition of the AMSSM Sports Medcast. I'm Jake Wessels and today we have the pleasure of talking with Dr. Meredith Turner, a sports and family medicine physician in the Bahamas. She completed her family medicine residency and primary care sports medicine fellowship at the University of Miami Jackson Memorial Hospital. And today, Dr. Turner will be speaking to us and at the AMSSM annual conference about the topic of challenges of exercise and physical activity in minorities. She has a podium presentation during the session entitled Race and Sport at the annual conference that's coming up in Austin, Texas. If you haven't registered already, then you should look into doing that. Greetings, and thanks for being with us, Dr. Turner. Good afternoon. Thanks so much for having me. The name of your talk is called Challenges of Exercise, of Exercise and Physical Activity in Minorities. Can you define which type of minority or what are you speaking specifically about in that? So there is a broad definition for minority populations, which include Black and other minority ethnic groups, including the Hispanic population, as well as people with disabilities, those from lower socioeconomic groups, gender, many people consider females to be um, minorities in sports still, as well as LGBT members. So this is more than just specifically race, but although race uh, is a large component of it. Yes, and I, I found that most of the research is actually in uh, ethnic minorities rather than these other populations, but there's definitely a need to study them. This is an interesting topic. Tell us more about how you got interested or tell me about this topic. Yeah, so as an Afro-Caribbean woman, this topic obviously is something that has personally affected me. And furthermore, as a primary care sports medicine physician, um, increasing physical activity in all populations is very important to me. And I strongly believe that everyone should have access to a healthy lifestyle and the ability to exercise. This is something that I think that, like you mentioned, all sports medicine doctors try to figure out for all of their patients how, how to get them more active. Tell us more about, uh, for our, our listeners, what are some of the disparities or what are some of the things that are barriers for minorities, chronic diseases, or, or for participating in physical activity? Yeah, so there have been numerous studies conducted that globally, especially in the United States, that demonstrate that there are marked racial disparities in physical activity. There was a US census that found that 58% of non-Hispanic Blacks did not meet the physical activity guidelines compared to 45% of non-Hispanic whites. And so it's just that there's several barriers that have been identified and hopefully in starting this discussion, we'll be able to try to eliminate those barriers. Can you tell us, do you have know about some of the different barriers to physical activity? Yeah, so I would sort of break them down into categories of perceived personal barriers, socioeconomic barriers, and environmental barriers. So under the category of perceived personal barriers, uh, there seems to be limited research data on these areas. But from my personal experience, I would say that um, some patients from minority backgrounds uh, have a lack of confidence, and there, there is evidence that those with, from a lower socioeconomic background and with lower literacy levels may have a lack of confidence that can affect their adherence to exercise prescriptions. 
there also seems to be uh, underrepresentation of minorities in certain fields of sports, as well as cultural beliefs that may play a role. Um, and these people may find that they have limited social support from providers and from their family members. So it's it's not just that. So sometimes they have like the, a lack of confidence that they're even able to do the things or that they'll be able to be successful in what they're doing or, or, or both. Yes, correct, both. And that may affect them from being adherent to continue to be involved in physical activity. And then you touched on a second one would be like a socioeconomic barrier. Tell me more about those. So there actually is strong evidence to support that residential segregation is the principal cause of health disparities in the United States. So those that live in uh, certain areas will have lower accessibility to parks and recreational facilities if they're living in predominantly minority neighborhoods compared to those that are non-Hispanic white population. So there's physical limitations on, on where they can participate, but also maybe the transportation issues or being able to physically get there. That probably touches a little bit on some of the environmental you know, uh, barriers that you mentioned. Exactly. So again, there's evidence to show that certain populations, minority populations, have difficulty or uh, lack of resources of funds available to travel to and from exercise facilities. And then air pollution is something that's environmental that some people may say that that is a restriction to be able to engage in physical activity outside, as well as having access to those recreational facilities. And some patients will even describe feeling unsafe in their neighborhoods and their environment, and therefore they're not able to exercise outdoors. Yeah, I was talking with one of my uh, preceptors from residency who, who mentioned simple things like discontiguous sidewalks or being able, you know, interstates are things that have cut off uh, neighborhoods from, you know, some parks or things like that and make it inaccessible for, for some people to actually just get to places to do workouts. Yeah, what are some of the ways that people measure, you know, you mentioned statistics, the number of, you know, I think you said 58% compared to 45% for physical inactivity. How, how are these um, being measured or uh, how can we identify these in our patients? Yeah, so that, that data is coming from U.S. Census, and then there are other evidence-based studies, uh, systematic reviews that have documented the socioeconomic and environmental barriers that have resulted in specific health disparities, especially in chronic diseases like hypertension, type 2 diabetes, obesity, and even cancers. There have also been studies that have shown uh, individual and neighborhood poverty was associated with the decreased odds of being physically active. So that's a, a measure that's been used. And there has been data collected from over a hundred countries that demonstrated an association between physical activity, inequalities and health outcomes. This is kind of disheartening to hear all, all of these different things, but I think um, some of them, if you don't, you know, if you're able to drive yourself to work or you know, work in, depending on where your environment is, sometimes we're not thinking about these different things. So what are the ways that we can work on limiting these barriers or, or diversifying, you know, checking in with our patients, how to get them options? Yeah, so unfortunately, 
uh, one of the studies that I reviewed uh, specified that most primary care physicians aren't properly equipped to be able to provide exercise prescriptions for these populations based on their socioeconomic status or their communities. So I think to simplify, providers can try to split the groups into those communities that have limited access to resources and try to encourage the communities to start programs that allow for maybe discounted facility access, trying to improve knowledge of resource distribution and strategies to enhance equitable access to parks, recreational facilities. And then if we look at communities that already have resources, the resources are there, they exist, try to encourage physical activity in these populations. And we can try to promote forms of active transportation like biking and walking rather than relying on transportation that obviously requires finances. Have you found any of these to be particularly, you know, more easily, you know, executable or things that you can bring to your patients or, or patients that you've worked with? So not so much in the Bahamas. Uh, people do rely on public and personal transportation. But when I was at Jackson Memorial Hospital, it actually provides care to the underserved population in Miami. Many patients in that community began uh, exercising by biking to work or walking to, to work, which was one way to improve their physical activity. Yeah, while I was looking into this topic a little more, I found out that while you'll be speaking on this at the national conference is the National Minority Health Month. And I was finding some resources about that. And there's a couple different, you know, video resources and, and things for people to try and try and, and increase their activity through that. Have you found any other you know, online or easily accessible websites or resources for patients? I'm not, we're aware of any specific websites, but I do think that that is the right approach. So that healthcare providers should find ways, especially virtually, obviously, since we're still in a global pandemic, to engage with their communities, to help to set up recreational groups, um, maybe, you know, hold information sessions in the community and try to partner with uh, groups that already exist, perhaps mental health associations, there are assisted living facilities and communities, they have outreach programs, charities, there's many ways to sort of anchor roots in our local communities. So how do we think about this as a, you know, a societal, a big picture issue? What, what are the things, how do we view this, you know, for our, our community at large? these racial disparities and barriers are part of a larger complex social context. And despite being illegal, the effects of residential segregation still persist. Um, there was a study that showed that in order to eliminate segregation, 66% of black people would need to move out of their current neighborhoods. So, so we're still feeling those effects and they're obviously affecting their health disparities. So local and national policy changes are gonna be needed. Also, we not only need to find ways to initiate physical activity in these populations, but we need to engage these patients and retain, have them to continue to be physically active and measure the outcomes. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. How, how can we know what we're doing is making a difference? I think we gotta figure out you know, the data and, and, and monitor that, but, but that's, that's pretty striking number 
and thinking about you know how how to get people active and and how big of changes that would have to be in in large communities that reminds me of a former podcast that we had i think it was featured featuring the acsm president dr nicole keith that was featured on the bgsm talking a little bit about physical activity deserts just how the physical uh, location of where people are their community poverty really makes a big difference and uh, we can post a link to that podcast if someone's interested in in listening uh, further on that type of topic. Well, thanks for being with us here today, Dr. Turner. Thank you so much for having me. So I just want to provide one more plug for race and sport concurrent session on Sunday at 1030 uh, for the AMSSM National Conference. There'll be uh, several other uh, prominent speakers, including one of our AMSSM keynote speakers, Sam Acho. Thanks for your time, Dr. Turner, and we look forward to seeing you speak in Austin. Awesome. Look forward to seeing you all there.